welcome to Chess Talk, episode 258. Hello. Hello. It's two of us again, Cody and yeah. Brittany. It's the, we'll no longer have in-person guests. Yeah, I'm like, we have made it significantly <laughs> harder to have guests on this podcast unless people come visit us. Or there's a thing called the internet. We're here to play some chess and talk. Some chess? Chess and talk. I am playing chess against a robot on a higher difficulty now. Oh, I've proved I've, like three times in a row. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's let's try. Let's mm-hmm. let's see how bad we can lose. Uh, we're gonna talk about more of the great. Almost done. We're gonna talk about another movie, and I'm sure you're thrilled to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait. And just doing some catch up. So how are you, Britt? Tired. Yeah. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I was busy. And why, why was one day busy? Because we ran a bunch of errands. We did try and run a bunch of errands. Yeah. Realistically, we only went to two places. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a lot. I guess, yeah. For me, it's a lot. What else did we do on Saturday? Or do you not want to say it? I don't want to say it. It was your you birthday. It. it was your birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday. And so we started off the day going to a waffle place. Yes. Bruges. Yes. It's yeah. a... Belgian bistro. It's not just a waffle place. They have waffles. meats and fries too. <laughs> but we got waffles. And fries for breakfast. Yeah. Best breakfast ever. Yeah, the perfect breakfast. Because the Birthday waffles breakfast. were all like fancy sweet concoctions of waffles with like yours had like ice cream and mm-hmm. bananas. bananas and cinnamon and all over cinnamon it. Cinnamon all over it. Like that looked delicious. And mine had it was a s'mores waffle, so if I can mm. imagine. I needed something salty to offset it, and I had heard that this place had the best fries in the city. So And to be fair to us, we walked to it. Yes. It was like four or five blocks away and we walked to it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we earned it. Yeah. So that was nice. really good. Yeah. It's right next to a Thai place, and there's a farmer's market happening. And Yeah. Every it, Saturday at the park by the restaurant, there's a farmer's market, at least through the summer. Yeah. If It's Saturday and Tuesday. Saturday Tuesday mornings, evenings. Tuesday nights. Yeah. And so if it was a little bit cooler, we probably would have stopped by the farmer's market and checked around, but it was getting warm. Mm-hmm. It was getting toasty. Yes, it was. So we did that. We got your favorite New Mexican restaurant for lunch. I want to try other places before I say it's my new favorite, but it was good tacos. Yeah. For now, based on your limited selection of Mexican restaurants here, mm-hmm. it's your favorite place. Yeah. For now. Barrio. Mm-hmm. It's Barrio. Mm-hmm. For anyone that cares. Tacos. And then we went to your cousin's. Yeah. For dinner, they cooked some tri-tip for us. And yeah, that was nice. We played more Catan. Yeah, you won three, finally. Three of us played Catan and you were there. I got fucked. Like, I had good numbers. They just never got rolled. You had good numbers, but you were on essentially the same hex mm-hmm. and you were like stuck on one mm-hmm. end of the map. Yeah. So it's like your numbers were fine. They weren't rolling though. They weren't rolling, but like, because you had built a handful of roads and like a settlement. And I feel like if you had any other position you would have been better because it's like mm-hmm. you're the numbers you started on yeah they were fine but then it was like a 12 and like a two yeah right next to you so it's like yeah I you couldn't built, really go anywhere you built a settlement but it's like great this yeah. is never gonna roll mm-hmm. so it was just i the entire game i was like you picked really odd starter pieces my starter was good the six nines those are good they just didn't get rolled at all. Yep. Mike can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. He had like a little sheep empire that 
almost went nowhere. But it started. It started going. At the end. He started getting When you them. all had eight points and I had two. He started getting them babas. That was that was fun. Yeah, Chloe was got to play with banjo. Yes, she did. That was great. And she is giving in to his charm, I think. She just needs to lose a little weight and then she'll be interested in playing again. I don't think that's true. She was definitely playing. Yeah, but like I think it'll happen more often. No, she's just lazy. Our she dog is who she is and it's fine. She's really cute. Yeah. Check out pictures of her on the Chess Talk Twitter. My week was fine. I we started had the same week. I started my new job. Yes, you did. How's your yeah. new job, Cody? It's fine. It's fun. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, new job. I'm still learning the ropes, so I'm not like fully in it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I will theoretically be getting paid making that money, but theoretically, I have not gotten paid. Yeah, that's why I say theoretically, but I know it is coming. So yeah, fucking better be. <laughs> or God. you're gonna have some issues. Yeah, because I splurged on some things for myself with yeah. the understanding that you'd be getting paid. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that was chill. Played some more Horizon Zero Dawn. Still getting into that. I think that's it though. Yeah. Nothing really crazy. You played a lot of League with Derek because you had like four days off. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I was unemployed for a week as I transitioned between jobs, so that was great. Is that the first time you've been employed in like unemployed for like? 10 years probably oh uh, close to it yeah. yeah and even then it's like i don't really count it because like mm-hmm. i had a job lined up it just it worked but out i don't think you've ever at least that i'm aware of been Mm-mm. had a break between jobs i've always gone right to it a few times like my work week transitioned into my new jobs work week and so i'm like yeah. i had zero break not even normal weekend are you ready to talk about the great yeah so yeah the great we're talking about episode seven and eight Mm-hmm. We're almost oh, there. Almost there. We're going to do it. We're going to rate it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think about episode seven? Really sad. Because I mentioned how the last two episodes felt like the sort of like rebirth, reincarnation of Peter mm-hmm. with like him nearly dying and then like, oh, he's like, maybe not shitty. And then of course he's already back to it because things got hard. I feel like he's still a little bit better and willing yes. to listen. He's just... There's still this part of him that, well, I want this, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'll listen to you, but I think I'm still going to do what I want to do. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's not great still, but he is not just an overgrown man-child that wants to kill everything. He's just an overgrown man-child, you know? He's listening. Yeah. Not putting forth too much of an effort, but... He is listening. Yes. For what it's worth. The bar for men is really low. Especially in these times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the episode was really sad because obviously a outbreak of smallpox. And Klaus died. His name is Vlad. <laughs> but he's Klaus to me. He's Klaus Baudelaire and he's dead because he got smallpox and, and they wouldn't let him vaccine, get a vaccine. or Variolation. Or no, he, he can't get a vaccine because he already died yes he already had it he already had it you can't become immune to it once you got it yeah but him and mariel were about to fuck yeah that was weird she was just like all right whatever yeah i really don't know he's probably the most high class of all of the servants that she can find the most attractive i mean the most like not disgusting remember she woke up to that woman just like shitting in front of her like what are you supposed to do you gotta go, you gotta go. Wait till Mariel wakes up and leaves. 
You gotta go. You gotta go. Hold it. I can just keep repeating myself, or we're gonna get stuck I in a loop. Kill you. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely. I wouldn't say high class because he's the same in class as her. Yeah, but like he's the most passable, attractive. I don't think he's attractive. Sorry, I think he looks like a little boy. Yeah, well. Sorry. That's fine. I'm, I'm not into little boys. I'm not invested in his attractiveness, but Mariel was trying to be. I think she thought he was nice. Yeah. And he was. And he said that he didn't care if she smelled like piss. Mm-hmm. That's, That's all you need. Probably the first man that said that to her in a long time. So... <laughs> Uh, sweet baby Vlad got the smallpox, died, almost died in a closet. That was so sad. (laughs) It does a really good job of shining light on these, like, pre-industrial revolution conditions, I guess, where they don't have modern medicine, they don't have technology, they don't have anything that can really prolong their lives or give Mm -hmm. them a better quality of life. And it's really heartbreaking to think about it from our time period. But then they also make it really funny to watch where it's heartbreaking that Vlad is dying of smallpox in this wardrobe and some of the dialogue and, you know, delivery from the actors really sad. And then they throw a book at him and haha, it's really funny and it really takes you out of it. God, it's depressing. Like, he just wanted to read about smallpox and the different kinds and educate himself. But doesn't matter. You're dead. Mm-hmm. And he figured that out. Yeah, because Mariel said that he had flat... or He, he said that he had flat pox, so he's, the it's fatal. mother had, or Mariel's mother. mother had, and mm-hmm. she died from it. Yeah. So he oh. just went out to the fields to get burned a lot. Well, he was dead when they yeah. burned everyone, actually. No, to get his corpse burned. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, during that whole thing, Catherine's trying to get them to do variolation, which is like the precursor to vaccines where you mm-hmm. inject a little bit into your system so it can fight it off. And mm-hmm. of course, or maybe not of course, but the church runs medicine. Of course, because, they're against it. Yeah. So they say no. and I have no problem calling that out. No, I'm just saying like, if you don't know 1700s Russia, you don't know that the church is... Who, the body that's in charge of medicine. Okay. That's what I meant. I thought like, you... That's not obvious. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah, they said, no, you can't do that. Yeah. And so Catherine is trying to sway Peter because she's feeling like she's on an upswing. And, you know, end of the episode, we see just in the sense the huge fire running mm-hmm. through the forest. And I thought yeah. that was a really sad shot. It was really sad. Because <laughs> I don't know if it was a reaction to he just didn't believe it would work. Or if he was mad that she kind of defied him publicly. I think it was more of a reaction. Like, why did he do it? Or why was she sad? Why did he do it? Oh. Did he burn them alive because he was like, no, this isn't going to work. Or she defied me publicly and embarrassed me by injecting herself with it. I think it's less than that. And it's just like, everyone at the court is telling me not to worry about it. And also, I don't care about serfs. So I'm just going to burn them. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't think Peter put that much thought into it. Okay. Which, yeah, that's Peter. That's fair. He's a very vain and shallow decision maker. Mm-hmm. What's the majority telling me? Are they agreeing with me? Cool. Yeah. I was probably going to do it anyways, but at least I got their support. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how Peter's brain works. Yeah. So, next episode, I really enjoyed. They went to Sweden. 
and during all this, Leo's being a huge fuckboy. He's being a huge <laughs> fuckboy, and it's really making me... Like, I thought about it, like, two minutes ago when I was putting the food away. They, like, swapped the traditional gender roles for these, like, character arcs where it's usually the woman, the lover, female lover that's, like, feels, you know, pushed to the side and not important while the man goes off and plants his coup. Right. And so. I think that's intentional it because is, it's yeah. like she's the one in power. So mm-hmm. she's going to be the one that mm-hmm. is able to be a little less emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. I think she is emotionally attached, yes. but not to the point where she's just sulking. Not as much as Leo is, because it's like when she's gone, what does Leo do? He's just sitting around court and stuff. And it's like yeah. when she's not, when Leo's not around her, she's planning a goddamn coup. I like seeing this reversal. That's all I'll say. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you in that regard. I want to like him because I think Why? he he connects with her. He makes her feel special. He genuinely loves her. And I want to like him. But he can't remember. She is married Their and role. you were literally hired to be her side piece. You are a literal fuck boy. Yes. So, and like, you know she loves you and doesn't like him. Get that through your head. Yeah. And even then, I won in chess, by the way. Good job. Even then, it's like, okay, so if she does start liking him, oh well. Like you That's also, her husband. You also have to deal with that, Leo. Get mm-hmm. over it. She's trapped in the marriage forever, basically. If if the marriage ends... She's dead. She dies. Yes. She's not going to throw away her life just to get one last, you know, guilt-free bang from Leo. That's mm-hmm. not how... No. No. She, she dies... She tried to leave, and they tried to kill her. Mm -hmm. They tried to drown her in a box. I don't know. Maybe if he had seen that happen, he would understand. He knows. He's around. Yeah, he's just his his little few wings. His tree's dying. Anyways, episode eight. (laughs) They go to Sweden. (laughs) And to meet with the king of Sweden and queen of Sweden. Yes, who is Swedish Peter. Yes, exactly. Fuck. And it's amazing. It was really funny. It was... One of the funniest episodes. Yeah, like the first half of the episode where they're like chummy. It's just great. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting more from the Queen of Sweden. Like I was expecting her to be a clone of Catherine, but she definitely just seemed more of like a court woman. And that Mm -hmm. kind of let me down, but I was like, ah, whatever. Like It seems like she's Catherine if Catherine didn't plan a coup and just kind of resigned herself to being a lady of the court for a while but even then like because it seems like the queen of sweden or whatever her name is like she's not like as vapid as some of the russian ladies of the court but she's definitely she likes her gossip that's what she does but she seems at least smarter and she just kind of gave up her dreams i guess i don't know because like it seems she... like she just seems like the path Catherine could have taken if she just resigned herself to her status her name was agnes yeah queen agnes that's the way i interpreted her she she was in mary queen of scots mm-hmm. with saoirse ronan sure i don't know she seemed way more of lady of the court i didn't because she was like begging to bang peter while the they were there and admitted that the printing press in sweden was the husband's idea and like it didn't seem like she was just saying that i feel mm-hmm. like she would have been honest Catherine, so she just just didn't seem like a mm-hmm. similar role as Catherine was 
That's all. I wouldn't say she's on the same level as just vapid ladies of the court. No, but not on the same level as Catherine. No. I said if Catherine had gone down the path of just resigning herself to her position. Yeah. Yeah, the highlight of the episode was just their interactions, the king and Peter. King and king. King and king emperor. And emperor. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was... So it, there's not much to really pick apart there, and then Catherine kind of got Velimentov on her side. She did. He was reluctant, but he eventually just kind of gave into it. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got him. And yeah, the most interesting thing for me was learning the like trivia about Petersburg, St. Petersburg, and how it mm-hmm. was a Sweden city. Yeah, I didn't know that. That got taken over. Mm-hmm. But makes sense. So that was my favorite mm-hmm. little factoid. Yep. Because I don't care about the city in Florida. Oh, yeah. Idiot. Because I think, and I only know this from not Disney's Anastasia, that St. Petersburg is where all the royals used to live until the Bolsheviks overthrew the royals. Oh, the royals. Royals. The czar. And then the capital, I guess, was moved to Moscow. I'm just trying to see on the map how close it is to Sweden. It's really not. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's across... Like, you have to go through Finland, mm-hmm. essentially, to get to St. Petersburg from yeah. Sweden. Maybe they had Finland at that time. They probably had a much larger kingdom, yeah. I don't know the history of that. Come on! I know some bits of American history and that I couldn't tell you right now. College. It's 50, Pay for it. It's 55 degrees in St. Petersburg right now. Yeah. It's 4 a.m. Oh, well. <laughs> Is that uh, Fahrenheit? Yeah. Okay. No, it's Celsius. <laughs> it's hell. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> Russia is hell. Yeah, but Sorry. a frozen hell. Yeah. That's the biggest That's thing Siberia. it has. That's Siberia. Which is part of Russia. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's 131 degrees Fahrenheit. If it's 55 <laughs> Celsius. I don't know conversions. I went to public school. But I know that if it's around 30 to 40 degrees Celsius, like, that's bad. That's hot. So 55 is like, what? I don't know shit. I know Fahrenheit. America. So aside from the meeting, uh, Mariel and Leo. Leo uh, was being pouty and bitchy. And then Mariel and Orlo were talking to Catherine about telling Leo or not. And she was trying to argue for telling him. And then Leo went to drop off a goodbye letter. I really, maybe I'm just an asshole, but I don't see the benefit of telling him besides his feelings won't be hurt now. Is there a benefit? I mean, I don't think so because it's not like his family is even very noble no. or he has much sway. it's really just so he doesn't get his panties in a bunch yeah like just like, let him fuck back off to his farm just, or whatever the more people that she tells the more dangerous it becomes um, even and the only reason she was like telling velimentov and stuff it's like because there was a use of telling him yeah and with leo there is no use it is literally just for his feelings like yeah. you said and like you know, they keep saying that it's sometimes historically accurate. So I'm wondering, my issue with the show so far has been, there's no real risk because I know what happens. I know the story, but maybe they're going to subvert expectations and kind of like Inglorious Bastards history here. Maybe. Or just like all the side characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, yeah, all the side side characters are pretty much made up or 
conglomerations of various random people during this time. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, you know, I can keep thinking, like, oh, there's a risk if she tells Leo, there's a risk that she's, Orlo got drunk and told Velimentov, but then in my mind, no, the history, and think, no, she's going to be fine, but maybe they're not going to do that. Maybe they're going to change history. I doubt it, but maybe. I doubt it, but, you know, it's fun to wonder. Have hope. Yeah, because I just really don't see the point of her telling him besides he'll stop being pouty, which yay for us. We don't have to watch him be pouty for the last two episodes, (laughs) hopefully. Yeah, we'll see about that. Fuck. I mean, Peter keeps going around court telling about how he ate Catherine's pussy and wants to do it again. So maybe he'll keep being pouty. It's a good show. I don't know if any of our listeners are actually watching it, but I really hope they are. Because it is a good show. It's worth checking out, as we've mentioned. It's fun. It's a fun, historical, but not show. Done with that for now. Let's talk about a movie. Do we have to? We sure do. Okay. This was my choice. I want that to be known. Oh, I was going to mention it. uh, This is not what I expected this movie to be. So, we are, again, recap. Every episode this week, we are talking about a either... This week? season 10 weeks uh critically acclaimed or fan acclaimed movie classic that you or i at least one of us hasn't seen preferably neither of us have seen this week it was being john malkovich the 1999 cult classic comedy cult it's a quirky cult favorite comedy it's what's the guy's first name it's kaufman charlie kaufman charlie kaufman so we watched that we're about to get into it what is he charlie kaufman synecdoche new york yep and animaliza eternal and sunshine adaptation he did eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm-hmm. that makes sense adaptation because that was also a weird one that had nicholas cage in it i think sure did. human nature confessions of a dangerous mind the only one i saw was eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah and i can confidently say i like that movie more than this one <laughs> I really... Can we just get into it now? Yeah, please. I really wanted to like this movie. I had heard about this movie maybe like 10 years ago. I think one of my brother... My brother suggested it to me. I don't know who I would be able to suggest this movie to. uh, Unless I give a lot of like preface. I feel like if I assumed no one else had seen this movie, I could confidently go up to Carlos and be like, Dude, I think you'd like this movie. Yes. That's it. That's probably it. Maybe Tyler. He's probably seen it, though. Yes, Tyler. <laughs> I know, but, like, assuming they haven't seen it. Yeah. Those two. I think if we went up to Rob, he'd be like, I'd watch it, and then he'd probably come out feeling the same way we probably did, which is we really wanted to like. I really wanted to like it. Maybe you did. I didn't dislike it. I just, what the fuck? You had such a vitriolic reaction to it. Sure. I just don't know what it was. That's fine. Is that the point? Yeah. Okay. I know there's all these themes about like identity and obsession and love and, but like, what the fuck? I I would like to say that this is a very ahead of its time movie. Yeah. With the Cameron Diaz storyline, which that. I really enjoyed how much they kind of just moved past it and accepted it and her. And I was like, cool. That's different for 1999. Yep. But it was still weird to watch the rest of the movie play out in 
at all. <laughs> yeah. For her as well. Like, it was a weird way to approach that kind of theme of, you know, like, if you have never seen this movie, I don't know how, it's 21 years We've old. We've never seen it. I know, but oh. we're also the worst at watching movies. What? Uh, Lester died this year from a car accident. I saw that. Yeah. Like, he was so old. And yeah, that's what was what took his name? Him. Orson Bean. Yeah, he got hit by a car. He got hit by two cars. It was the second car that killed him. Yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So if, if you haven't seen this movie, we haven't because we don't watch movies. But if you haven't also, basically, John Cusack discovers this portal to be inside John Malkovich's head. And you can kind of just watch what he does. And it's only for 15 minutes. And as soon as you're done, it shoots you out onto the Jersey Turnpike. And throughout the course of the movie, Cusack learns how to control... He learns how to control John because Malkovich. Because John Cusack is a puppeteer. Yes, he is and a puppeteer. And this is like... What a... he's trained to do. Yes. <laughs> Basically. Because mm -hmm. uh, another character played by Catherine Keener, mm -hmm. who you would know as the mom from Get Out. I mean, I'm sure she's more popular from other things. That's but... what immediately stuck out to me. So yeah, throwing it out there. That's a very recent big movie. Yeah. She is his partner in this operation because they start admitting they start basically people. like selling tickets to yes. be john malkovich and she develops a i'll say fetish for having sex with john malkovich while, while someone, someone's inside yeah, of him it started with cameron diaz as lottie yeah and then it became craig because she gets off on like someone people. being inside of him and then she got excited about the fact that craig could control him so I don't know what that says thematically, but... She said that it was the uh, knowing that two pairs of eyes are, like, lusting after her. Like, that that's okay. what did it for her. It's okay. like she is that desired that it's two people at the same time. Okay. Cameron Diaz's character is John Cusack's wife. She goes inside John Malkovich and then very quickly discovers, I think I'm transgender or lesbian or transsexual, whatever it is. Yeah. Because, you know, she says transsexual in the beginning, but then she never goes through any kind of transition, like, towards the end. Spoilers. She's just in a loving relationship with Maxine at the end of the movie. Right. As a woman. But so, she's good for her. She says, like, I've never felt more comfortable than, or, like, felt like everything was right than when she was yeah. John Malkovich. And I, it's very <laughs> interesting, and I'll say strange, just for a movie in 1999 to say that very bluntly... And just move past it. And right. that just, you have to accept this is a part of the movie right, right. now. And it's not going to be like people are coming at her and telling her she's wrong or feeling, you know, that's not an okay thing to think. It's no. just John Cusack's like, but I love her, not you. And that's the, the point of the movie is they both love the same woman. That's terrible. <laughs> and also Maxine's like, yeah, but you can't be in him all the time because I want to make money. At yeah. least for Lottie. Yeah. Like, you can't keep going back into it mm -hmm. because we need to sell mm -hmm. more tickets to Malkovich. Yeah. But I'll only be with you when you're in him. Yes. This movie was really fucking weird. The highlight of the movies was when John Malkovich went, went inside in. John Malkovich. That's what, like, one of the posters of the movie yeah. is. Yeah. Because I thought the movie would be just kind of quirky in that way, where it would just be John Malkovich kind of swearing all the time. No. <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich. God. What's the what's that job like the where he was like wearing a dress and singing on the piano? That was like a like a lounge singer. Lounge singer, yeah. Yeah. I just want that. 
I want like a. You want mus- a poster of that? In just his like room? a music video of him just singing Malkovich seductively while mm-hmm. he's wearing a lounge dress. Yeah. Did not expect that going into this movie. Neither did I. I didn't expect a lot of things going into this movie. I'll say this is the right way to subvert expectations. Yeah. Game of Thrones. What really surprised me is that, like, it was essentially in our world because it's like John Malkovich was a real person, an actor, and everything. And yeah. I thought it'd be some weird, like, portal dimension, but he was just he was just John Malkovich. Yeah, he was in the Jewel Thief movie. <laughs> is that like a reference or a joke that I we're supposed to get? I think it's that one movie with Clint Eastwood. Oh, I was gonna say I Pink think... Panther. That's a jewel thief in Steve Martin. Yeah, Pink Panther came out in 2006, so it's not that either. No. Who knows? Several characters in the movie remember John Malkovich as having played a jewel thief, even though, as he correctly points out, he never did. All right. Yeah, but then, however, Malkovich did eventually play a jewel thief oh, you found in that Johnny one. English. Yeah. The guy in the restaurant improvised the scene where he encounters John Malkovich and says, you were really great in that movie where you play that retard. According to the actor, director Spike Jones had instructed him to use the word retard as many times as he could. That's great. <laughs> Some of the trivia for this movie is very funny. Charlie Sheen is also in this universe as his self. John Malkovich's friend. This is before Charlie Sheen went crazy. Or. This is what made him crazy? No, I was going to say he was always crazy and we just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to like this movie. I don't think I disliked it, but it just thinking about it makes me feel really gross what part is it the I don't, the puppets oh the puppets puppets are up there with clowns for me oh okay i think it might be the puppets but also like the opening shot of john cusack portraying himself dancing around as a puppet yeah didn't do it for you Not what about right. the scene where john cusack is talking to maxine and she's telling him how interesting and cool he is when did that happen he did it with two puppets Oh, after the bar. yeah, it was just really creepy. Some of the comedy was really good, though. The, like, when they're in the bar, and it's, tell me about yourself. I'm a puppeteer. Check. Check. End scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. Just Catherine Keener's just one-liners mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, she was, I don't know, it's like, I wanted to like her as a person, but she was just terrible. She was awful. She was the worst person. Why did they love her? Because she's the worst? I don't know. Because she's hot? Sure. How did John Malkovich get convinced enough to go to the restaurant and meet her? It was her voice. That's what he said. Does she have an interesting voice? I don't know. He just said like something about her voice. Hmm. That was it. That's all he needed. I don't know. This movie was weird. That's all I can say. This is... I just think it's weird to call it a quirky comedy. Where I would label it more in like the absurd category. It is definitely absurd. I... If they're labeling, like, what's his name? Yorgos Lanthimos as absurdist comedy or absurdist film, you know, with the lobster. This is more absurd. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, last week we said The Lobster is the weirdest movie we had watched through all of this. This is weirder. <laughs> and we just dunk it with yeah. being John Malkovich. <laughs> I just, I really like this, like, 2005 forwards john malkovich where he's just he doesn't give a fuck just angry he's just angry it was maybe this is what broke him maybe (laughs) he had to be a lounge singer i did see there was like 
in a couple interviews he did where he was like really scared to do this movie because you know first he would be attached to it and then his name would be in the title so if right. it fucking bombed yes he's done yeah <laughs> and it would haunt him forever what i because of the name i literally for the longest time in my life i thought it was like some weird like documentary about yeah. john malkovich i yeah. didn't know it was just no he's just kind of in it being himself it's funny to me because was john malkovich john malkovich at that time like as big as like as a household name as he is now i wouldn't even say he's because a people kept like now. i would say he is i don't know but like maybe it's because of this movie that people are like i've heard of that guy he played a jewel thief right yeah, because he's been acting for since. a while, but yeah, because he joined the Steppenwolf Theater in 1976. I don't know what that is. It's just a. They talked about it in the movie. It's just a very oh. famous like Broadway type yeah. theater in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so like that. So he's in a lot of stage. Acting. Even then, like TV movie, TV mm-hmm. series back in like the early 80s TV yeah. series. So it's Okay, maybe he was a household name. I don't know. I was 6. He was a very big just a very historied career, I guess yeah. is what I'll say. Okay. He was in Secretariat. Was he Secretariat? Uh, you're asking who was Secretariat? No, he wasn't Secretariat. I was kidding. Yeah, that's a horse. I know. That's the joke. No, no one's credited it as Secretariat. That makes me upset. <laughs> it's not Bojack. Anyway, is this important? The tagline for Secretariat is the impossible true story. <laughs> yeah, because Secretariat was just a horse in real life. And then in the movie, it was John Malkovich <laughs> playing the horse. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, that's what this movie felt like. That's what this conversation. <laughs> what? Just like how off track it goes that's what this movie was like it was just this puppeteer down on his luck gets a job living at home with his wife that he clearly doesn't love anymore that has just twenty thousand animals that he doesn't want and then you're inside john malkovich for eight months goals and then you thought you felt pretty confident that at the end of the movie john cusack was in the daughter yes is that like the thing he is but he's not able to control her that's what so i thought he's stuck he can't control her that's why he yes. kept saying like look away look away and she but wouldn't she was staring at her he's mom's. just stuck yes that's what he deserves mm-hmm. i don't have anything else to say about this i don't want to say anything else either what's the rating system i'm not rating this remember i don't rate these ones but what should the rating system be at a Ten seven and a half floors. Oh my god, the <laughs> fucking best storyline was Elijah, the chimp with the traumatic the, trauma. the childhood trauma. That to me that was heartbreaking. That reminded me of some like wild ass. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like cutaway. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was so sad. So out of ten, monkey captives. Sure. <laughs> I'm not rating it, but yeah, we can go with that one. Uh, I don't know. This is a hard one to rate. I just I would... feel like I'm not mentally there. It's how do you rate a movie like this? I just... 
like I said way before, I just don't feel comfortable rating movies that didn't come out in my cultural context. There but is also, no... this... Exactly. Like, I don't get it. There, You can't have... If there's cultural context for this... Show me. Burn that culture. Y2K. <laughs> Y2K fucked with everyone. Anyways, I'll probably give it like six and a half. That's probably where I stand. Okay. Definitely interesting movie. Held my attention. Never seen a movie like it. Maybe I'll watch it again. So unique. That is a good quality sometimes. I am very excited when I see a movie that is nothing like I've ever seen before. But like this movie showed, eventually you're going to get into weird, freaky shit yeah, when you've say, never seen it before. <laughs> you're going to hit your limit, I think. Just going to get into the weird shit. So anyways, we did it. Yeah. We got one say, more. Sorry. John Cusack did say that when he took the part basically he asked his agent to find him the most unproducible script there was man it worked yep yeah there's that we finished we got one more week of movies like this one more episode one more week of the great and we will see you next week thanks for listening go listen to all our episodes go listen to our friends episodes with time for your hobby yeah Brittany was on it you're finally going to talk about that? I did talk about it when you weren't on, and I linked oh. to it and stuff. Oh, yeah. But Alex is one of the nicest people that we have ever virtually met, and probably in real life, too. He has a great podcast. Support him. If you want to be a guest, just reach out to him. I'm sure he'd love it if you have a hobby you want to talk about. It doesn't matter if it's already been talked about before. Help him reach his goal, because he's going to be a dad and wants to take some time off. So, at time for your hobby. Mm-hmm. Go check them out. It'll be in the description. It's TFYH Podcast on Twitter, right? I believe so. Yeah. Just remember TIFID Podcast. Yeah, remember that. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to us. Tell your friends. Tell your dog. We're going to go walk ours. Bye. Bye.